again, fellow travellers, and welcome to podcast 129 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb, and me, Simon Calder. And this week, we are travelling to the magical world of travel miracles. Those moments when you feel that things can't get any worse, you're lost, tired, out of food or water, and the last train has been cancelled, when suddenly and completely unexpectedly a saviour miraculously appears. I think my favourite tale concerns an unfortunate error I made with our water supplies while, Mick, you and I were attempting to cross the Darien Gap in Panama. But that's for later. Let's hear first some of your responses to last week's podcast on travel U-turns. And by the way, I downloaded those sound effects from the excellent website Freesound. And have you noticed, Simon, that uh, over the course of a week, the screeching U-turn has now become a devastating or humiliating one as our government appears to unravel? Well, and you can follow, of course, the progress of the last chancellor, I think at least at the time of recording, Kwasi Kwarteng, as he was coming back from Washington, D.C., having said he's 100% convinced he would still be in the job a month later. But then, as the Airbus A380 did a U-turn over London and came in to land at um, Heathrow, it became clear that um, he had, in fact, been sacked. Or stabbed in the back, maybe. Um, I got some criticism from some so-called friends of mine last week for our uh, slack use, as they put it, of the term U-turn, which um, actually, if you listen back to the very good podcast 128, does include some examples of three-point turns and maybe 275-degree turns. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. We'll do better this time, won't we? I very much hope so. But Free Englishman tweeted to say, My wife always reminds me that I refused to U-turn when looking for the Leaning Tower of Pisa. We walked miles the wrong way, ignoring the signs and advice offered by locals because I'd studied the hotel map and I was sure I was right. He says, we did find a nice little place to eat, though. Well, if I was a free English woman, assuming that is the name of his uh, spouse, um, I would be thinking, this is mad. I mean, I I don't know if you've been or spent any time in Pisa, but um, from the moment you get out of the airport, you can see the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and it's very, very difficult to miss. But if we paid free Englishmen to provide a better introduction to this week's subject, I don't think we could have done any better because, of course, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, as no doubt he knows, is on the Campo di Miracoli. Yes, travel miracle time. And bearing in mind last week's criticism, let's define our terms. Now, I believe that a miracle is something that defies rational scientific explanation and is also, I think, a remarkable and life-improving event or life-saving event. Would you agree with that? Well, I'd suggest something that doesn't follow the normal rules of nature, yes. So I I think we're on the the same miraculous page, miraculously. I'm not really sure whether the Leaning Tower of Pisa 
is has lent so far that it actually defies the law of gravity. So whether it is actually a miracle itself, I'm not sure. But at the risk of being considered flippant, here's a heartfelt uh, example from my own recent experience. It would be a miracle if British Airways replied to, let alone forked out, the compensation that I am justifiably owed after they ruined my holiday to Tenerife earlier this year. And uh, by the way, if anyone listening is in a similar boat or plane, do let us know. I've actually taken up your complaint um, with the, um, I guess, the highest office, the uh, Transport Secretary, Anne-Marie Trevelyan, um, because your experience is typical of many and the airlines know exactly what they are supposed to do. They simply are not doing it. And um, so I've suggested very politely and I actually had to write a real letter and <laughs> tried to hand deliver it at the Department for Transport where they wouldn't accept it. And so I had to stick a stamp on it, walk across the road and post it. Um, anyway, it will be a miracle if I ever get a reply to that. We shall see. Um, uh, but I am doing all I can to try to make sure that in your case and every other case where airlines aren't doing what they should be doing, that they do it. Well, you are too kind and uh, I owe you the price of a stamp, which I imagine costs the same as a pint of beer, luckily. Um, now, I should say that our interest in miracles was actually sparked by the recent walking trip in the Pyrenees, which we have covered in um, three recent podcasts and which featured on its itinerary the remarkable city of Lourdes in southwest France. OK, we're going up Rue de la Grotte. Um, that's the street of the grotto, the street of the cave, uh, of course. Um, uh, ah, well, we found a Savon de Marseille shop. That's very nice soap. It smells great, yeah, unless it's you, which I doubt very much. I think that's highly unlikely after today's <laughs> uh, I've loved the uh, hotel names. We've seen the Hotel of Paradise, the Hotel, of course, Madonna. And who doesn't want to stay at the Hotel Astoria Vatican? Oh, wow. Uh, and that's the, my sort of um, hotel, Hotel Desar, two stars, 40 euros for two. I think we carry on up, actually, otherwise we just end up in a car park. Um, and I'd like to point out also that we have been helped by you, but not helped one tiny bit by um, the standard red and white painted symbol for... Uh, the <laughs> yes. When did you last see one of those? Um, GR one hundred and one. Uh, given the immense natural beauty we've been walking through, to do <laughs> walk through the biggest car park in um, yes. uh, southwest France, which I, I guess probably it has to be. Um, is, is not. And there's a grotty garb with just loads of old rocks and the, uh, not the best one we've seen by quite some way. And with a notice saying pêche interdit, so no fishing. Oh gosh, we're nearly at the grotto. Miracles follow thick and fast, a red and white marker, a sign for Bartres' speedy progress towards the Chambre d'Hôte, 
And then the miracle of the aperitif. It was served theatrically outside in the farm courtyard from a kind of bar on wheels with plentiful small dishes of mainly meaty things from the farm's pedigree herd and an array of local wines for us and two elderly French couples who were our fellow guests to choose from. And GR101 referred to there is the long distance path that snakes through Lourdes and its um, beautiful car parks. And which I hope will be the subject of a special guide to be published in some format or other by our good selves at some point in the future. (laughs) Now, I suppose we could be accused of not taking the Lourdes miracle seriously enough. After all, about four million pilgrims visit this, I must say, rather depressing place every year. And you do see lots of people, many looking extremely ill, being pushed in wheelchairs through the streets of the city towards the sanctuary of Our Lady of Lourdes. And their hope is that they will be miraculously cured by the reputedly healing water that has flowed from La Grotte, that's the cave of uh, Massabielle, since the year 1858, when a 14-year-old girl called Bernadette Soubirou, the daughter of a miller, reported that in this cave she'd been visited by a lady who was wearing a white veil and a blue girdle with a golden rose on each foot and held a rosary of pearls and spoke to her. Now, the Lady of Lourdes, as this apparition became known, was eventually ratified, credited by the Catholic Church as being an authentic miracle and none other than the Virgin Mary. And ever since then, well, it's been considerably to the commercial advantage of Lourdes. And you can even get holy water in the duty-free at Lourdes Airport, which is actually quite handy if you do need to bring some holy water home, because, of course, you're not going to get it through security in anything more than a 100 milliliter (laughs) bottle. And you can actually buy the 100 milliliters of Lourdes holy water online without actually going to Lourdes at all. So you could have your miracle at home. (laughs) Amazingly, I found a pilgrimage river cruise organised by, um, (laughs) sorry, I shouldn't laugh, Magnificat Travel. Um, And the uh, destination is France, Portugal, the duration 14 days and the date of the departure, June the 12th, 2023. It has spiritual directors and is described in the following words. Prepare to set sail on an incredible journey. Experience holy and faith-filled sites such as Fatima, Lourdes, Chartres and so much more. I looked into this, Mick, after you discovered it and I was shocked to see that after an asterisk at the bottom of the webpage, it says cruise destinations pilgrimage programs and any other inclusions can change doesn't sound very miraculous to me and i think you could possibly be um, uh, equally disappointed if you went as a pilgrim to lord and expected to um uh, be blessed with or receive or experience a miracle there have only been 70 verified miracles since um the uh, uh, shrine opened for business in uh, 
1862. And uh, there is actually a medical committee which investigates alleged miracles or reported miracles. And even of those 70, I think quite a lot of doubt has been cast um, on their authenticity. And I think you and I are more in the atheistic school of travel miracles, where extraordinary things happen when you are least expecting them. And uh, you mentioned earlier the miracle of the water. Do tell us more. Well, yes, that might sound quite biblical, but it took place a long way away from the Holy Land. So, um, Mick, you and I were attempting to cross the Darien Gap, actually making a radio series for Radio 4. And it was really quite extreme. We didn't go through the main part of the jungle, but we did end up having to cross the continental divide um, in some extremely hot, dry conditions, having carried at great personal (laughs) effort um, a lot of water. Up, up to effectively the spine of the Andes. Now, ah, oh, yes. Well, I remember um, what seemed like hours spent um, mainly by you, actually, up to your knees in a very muddy river, filling up a rather bizarre-looking water bag with a network of uh, pipes and drinking tubes uh, coming from it. And, of course, the water had to be um, purified with... Um, iodine tablets before we could drink it, which I don't think we ever quite got to doing, did we? Uh, no, this was the uh, the big problem. So uh, unbeknownst to me, my pack was gradually getting lighter because this strange plastic, I guess, bladder um, had for some reason uh, come adrift, partly because of the uh, intricate piping system I was using. And um, it had effectively leaked right across the uh, trail that we were walking up. And so when we stopped and thought, OK, well, we've got to have some water. We, we, you know, and it was we, very, very hot. I mean, it really th- was. There is simply nowhere else to find any water. Um, we found that we didn't have any, at which point things really got quite tricky. Um, we carried on walking a bit. Then we did something I've never done before or since. We actually yeah. abandoned our packs by the roadside because we simply physically couldn't carry them. And we did actually have um, the best map that uh, the Panama armed forces could provide. And uh, it was very, very detailed. Um, and it showed absolutely no rivers or water sources of any kind for what looked like days of walking. Yes. But then after about half an hour, we reached this um, strange little clearing. And unbelievably, there was a fresh flowing stream passing right through it. So we did the um, obvious and uh, drank loads of this stuff i think without a moment of purification then went back to the um, uh, packs they were still there unsurprisingly and um, set up camp for the night with this water source and you and i have had some close shaves when in the wilderness but i think this was as bad as it got and um, as miraculous as it got too that was quite a good miracle uh, and this really was not shown on the map And I should really have got in touch with the Panamanian mapping services to um, get this this stream included on the next edition. I think you're right there. But uh, the travel is just filled with miracles 
anyway, um, just in the in the day to day. Last, and I've had loads of miracles this summer. Can you believe? So um, I must tell you about the miracle of the ambulance. Um, which actually happened a couple of weeks ago. I can't tell you where it took place. All I can say is that things have been going very, very badly. And the only possible way I was going to get to my appointment on time, which was with a elderly relative and so therefore it absolutely needed to be done would be if I got a lift right this minute and uh, an ambulance was coming past not with a, a blue light or anything but I just thought was this in the UK can you confirm that this was in the UK which is why I cannot um, say where oh, it took I place because I don't want anybody to get into trouble um, but uh, the uh, I, I dismissed the ambulance because obviously that wasn't going to stop for hitchhikers and it did and I got into the back and there wasn't a patient in it. Um, there was a very um, good paramedic and we sat and had a chat while his um, the paramedic friend did the driving. And I got to my appointment exactly on time. And uh, hitchhiking is just replete with miracles. Well, can, um, can I interrupt there? I mean, I think that... Yeah. I think in general terms, um, hitchhiking should not be included in the list of miracles because it is actually... Um, reliant on a belief or a faith in human nature and uh, the fact that uh, it, it is actually normal for quite a lot of people to be generous and therefore they will stop. However, I think um, that in this case, um, it probably does count as a as, as a miracle, um, uh, something really extremely unexpected and against the normal rules and laws. Although maybe I should suggest that perhaps um, uh, they felt that you, um, in your possibly um, ancient and decrepit state, uh, actually qualified as a um, as a potential client. Yes. Anyway, they. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, all I can say is that it's quite difficult getting out of an ambulance in a town without it, without raising um, the odd eyebrow. So, um, did you did you, did you leap out with one bound, or did, I, you, <laughs> did you have to pretend to be? Um, extru- uh, yeah, I, I, yes, I had to look as though I possibly had some some purpose in there. But um, anyway, that remains shrouded in mystery. But it was a, a great great moment. Yes, I agree. Hitchhiking shouldn't qualify although much more often than you might imagine um, you can get a lift which defies your uh, normal expectations so I for instance this is in the 1990s I flew out on British Airways to Vienna in the days when you could absolutely not afford a flight to Budapest and therefore I had to catch the train and the flight was late and I got to Vienna's uh, I think it was the Westbahnhof just in time to see the tail lights of the last train of the night to Budapest disappearing and uh, I was completely stuck and I um, ended up uh, just finding a random uh, motorway slip road with no traffic at all until a, um, a a Serb came along who I'm afraid I think was returning to his country to sign up for the Yugoslav Civil War. Anyway, he had got lost and 
um, he picked me up because he then said, look, I've been driving for the last 17 hours. You now have to drive across Central Europe in the middle of the night. And um, we, we miraculously made it to Budapest. And this this being the, um, uh, the, the kind of rather analog days, I then had to flag down a taxi and pay him to lead us to the house where the friends I was staying with lived. Um, and the Serb came along and, and joined us. It was uh, probably miraculous for him as well as for me. Um, but that's that's the last hitchhiking uh, hitchhiking tale. Oh, well, I but, but it does remind me of what I think also counts as a miracle, which is when I was lost in a hire car in the outskirts of the uh, lovely um, Croatian city of Split. And um, I found a, uh, a, a taxi rank um, and uh, I actually offered to pay a taxi driver to lead me to the place that I was supposed to be getting to. I had no sat-nav and absolutely no idea where I was. And the miracle was that not only was one of these guys available to uh, to lead me, but also refused point blank to take any money for it. Now, that's what I really consider a miracle. Goodness, yes. Uh, very, very good. So public transport, that you can get miracles in public transport. This summer, I had the miracle of the Talis, the miracle of the Talis. Talis being the um, kind of international train link that goes from Brussels and France into Germany and the Netherlands. So I was, you might recall the uh, amazing um, uh, German miracle of the nine euro ticket, which takes you anywhere across there. So I was trying it out. It was the first day. German trains are very good value, but they're also quite terrible. I was way, way, way behind schedule. And then I noticed at Essen, there was a train coming in late. Um, This was the Talis train. It was half an hour late. And I rushed across to the platform thinking, well, this is the only way I'm going to make up time. I said to them, can I pay for a ticket on board? They said, yes. I jumped on going to Dortmund, only 20 minutes away on this high-speed train. Um, They said that's going to be 27 euros, pal. And I thought, well, that's terrible. Three times what I pay for my ticket. Um, But I'll have to do it. And then the miracle of the ticket machine, which wouldn't work. They tried it three (laughs) times. And when on the third time it didn't work, they said, that's a miracle. And um, you, you... you cannot pay us. So I've I, I reached Dortmund um, for, for, for nothing. Um, and that, that is the miracle of the Talis. And um, by the way, Talis trains, I thought, were pretty rubbish. If I was paying 27 euros, I would have been um, very fed up. As it was, I was very happy. Well, I think that really is a miracle for our times. Um, and if uh, anyone listening would like to submit a travel miracle to the um, verification <laughs> committee, which is uh, you and me, I think, Simon, at the moment, although we might have to draft in some more experts, um, we will duly consider it. Although bear in mind uh, that uh, it did take four years for um, the Vatican and other committees to finally decide that the Lord. Uh, miracle, the um, appearance of the Virgin in the cave, was actually given the go-ahead. Thanks to the modern miracle of Twitter, you can leave your miracle story at you should have BT, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and leave us a voice note. We look forward very much to hearing about your uh, uh, miraculous journeys 
wherever they took you. We certainly do. And next week, we're going to be talking about something you've already alluded to, Simon, in your uh, story about uh, travel in Germany. Free travel. Yes, this isn't where you are reliant upon ticket machines not working properly to get a free ride. This is actual free travel. And I have got all the details you need for travel free in various parts of the world without actually needing to hitchhike. But for now, from me, Simon Calder. And me, Mig Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.